0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and accomplished professional, an old friend from Singapore and New Delhi, from USA, Mr. Sangeet Chaufla. Sangeet, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ashutosh, glad to be here.
0: Thank you. Uh, Sangeet is uh, the former Chief Executive Officer of GMAC, which is the Graduate Management Admission Council. He's a board member and an advisor. Uh, he was earlier with several tech companies like IBM, HP and others. So Sangeet, uh, before we start talking of GMAC, tell me about your own journey in brief.
1: Well, it's been uh, I've been incredibly fortunate Ashutosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've had a eclectic sort of career, uh, maybe somewhat driven by non-traditional choices, which has been exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, started off life in India, um, uh, got an MBA from FMS in Delhi. And at that point in time, uh, you know, the cool jobs, and we're talking about 1980 now, uh, were in places like uh, the multinational banks and the multinational companies. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I had offers from ICI, Chartered Bank, Nestle, Mm -hmm. but I chose instead to get into the computer business, which was nascent at that particular point of time, Mm -hmm. IBM had just Mm -hmm. been driven out of the country, and had given up its operations to its uh, employees, forming a company called IDM. Mm -hmm. I joined that because it just sort of seemed cool. uh, fascinating learning experience, uh, started life as a shoe leather, uh, kind of a uh, burning salesman. Mm. Uh, but not much was happening in India at that point of time, it was a closed economy, a friend of mine got a job in Dubai and said they were looking for salespeople. And I said, why not? I was yeah. young and single, yeah. had nothing else to do. Uh, Dubai at that point of time was very different than Dubai yeah. today. I'm talking in 1981, it was um, uh, a frack, 1983, I think. Uh, It was just a fraction of the size uh, uh, there. A little village, actually, Mm -hmm. but uh, an interesting opportunity. And then from there, I got uh, sort of a a job offer from Hewlett Packard to join its Mediterranean and Mm -hmm. Middle East operations out out of Athens, Greece. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, what's wrong with living in Athens, Greece when you're in your 20s, right? Mm -hmm. So I jumped at that. an opportunity to start HP's operations in Turkey and Egypt mm-hmm. which for a 20some year old was really exciting mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I moved to uh, Germany which was HP's uh, uh, European headquarters mm-hmm. um, um, for marketing I you know ran the dealer part of the printer business for a number of years. Mm-hmm moved to singapore to run uh, hp's uh, printer uh, mm. and storage operations for asia pacific that's when you you and i our mm. first met mm. and i remember and uh ended up in the us uh, to run to start up hp's uh, uh inkjet media business which mm. was a small division and then we grew it uh, rapidly amazing and around the 80s i'd been sort of like, lived my life in an airplane and uh uh, either I would burnt out or I'd be the principal that I don't know what, but yeah. uh, I decided enough's enough. And after, you know, some 20 some years in the corporate sector, 18 years in HP, I decided to leave and I went over and joined the dark side. So yeah. that point of time, I moved back to India after a period of time, uh, uh, work for Bharati, And that's when I got uh, recruited for GMAC. Mm. And, uh, you know, when headhunter called, my first response was why me, I'm a tech executive, yeah. why you know this is a management education thing. I I don't come from the world of standardized testing or from management mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I reflected upon it, and as they explained to me, they were looking for somebody to lead the organization into a new phase of mm. global growth. Mm. And one of the things that I'd really done was, you know, lived around the world, yep. managed new products and diversification. And uh, I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Amazing.
0: Amazing. So, uh, you know, the work that you have been doing with the Graduate Management Admission Council, uh, there's a huge interest in India amongst the young so let me start by asking you: What is the role of the Graduate Management Admission Council in the field of graduate management education? So you know, the way
1: I explain used to explain my role uh, to business school deans was to think of me as the chief marketing officer of the industry. Okay. So we do two things. One is we promote the values of business education around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, just basically we own things like MBA.com, for example, which is the most visited website in uh, business education. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we sort of uh, sell the category, if you will. Mm-hmm. The second is we are the primary organization chartered with recruiting talent, evaluating talent, and recruiting talent. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, develop demand for uh, management education. Uh, mm. But we also help students in business schools find what we call the right fit, the right mm. match. Mm. At any one point of time, there's about uh, two two 2.2 million people who are around the world who are trying to get a business, who are trying to get into business school. Mm. And there's about 27,000 business schools, which are trying to recruit them. Wow. And in some ways, I think of ourselves uh, as uh, what in india would be called shadi.com mm-hmm. or match.com yeah. we put students yeah. and we took business schools and we get them together for that first meeting amazing. and then after that of course we hope there's a lasting relationship
0: that comes out of it how amazing how amazing and uh, you know you, you gave me some very interesting numbers 2.2 million students 27000 uh, uh, management schools uh, What is the kind of ratio that actually works in terms of how many students actually make it to um, these management schools? So we like to think
1: that there's a business school for everybody.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: You know, that's a little bit of a mantra and our job is to help people navigate their way to the business Mm, school, that's the mm, right one for them. mm, mm. Unfortunately and I do mean it's unfortunate that business education suffers from A very strong brand effect. Mm. And this particularly very strong in India when you're looking at international education. uh, uh, Students have, you know, they're the usual suspects, the Howard, Wharton, Stanfords, Mm. etc., of the world, which have very high selectivity ratios, right? Mm. So a a relatively small proportion of people who apply to them actually get in. Mm. But there is capacity for quality management education for. I, I wouldn't say all people, because there are many barriers that come mm. the way. Uh, but for for most students to mm. find something that actually ends up working for them. Mm. Uh, once you start navigating your way through the brand halo and start looking at the
0: global opportunity of business mm. education, mm. not just a US MBA, for example. Mm. Very interesting. And uh, you know, you've led GMAC for 10 years. What are some of the key trends or emerging areas of interest in graduate management education that you have seen that will shape the future?
1: Yeah, there's probably, that's that's a great question and something I think about a lot and I've, I've been writing a, a, a series of col- columns in Poets and Ponds about and I mm-hmm. really think about five different things that are happening. Right. One is globalization. And I know right now, we are in that sort of anti-globalization sort of narrative in the world because of uh, political events. But Correct. Globalization is sort of, you know, it may change, but it's here to stay. But in business education, there's another effect of globalization that's in play. And I'll give you a statistic to make my point. Hmm. In the year 2000, which is not very long ago when you think about higher education, mm-hmm. if you looked at the Financial Times ranking of the top 50 global MBA programs, mm-hmm. 42 were based in the US, eight were based in Europe, none were based in Asia. Wow. Last year, that 42 in the US became 24. Mm-hmm. The zero in Asia mm-hmm. became 12, mm-hmm. and the rest were Europe. they mm-hmm. not became US, schools became any worse. It's just mm-hmm. that everybody else has caught up. So mm. you know, there's globalization of opportunity mm-hmm. for students around the world.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: The other big shift is a move away from that shareholder model, which is that business is all about profit and shareholder maximization, the Milton mm-hmm. Friedman theory, towards a more stakeholder-oriented model. You can put it in this wrapper of sustainability, mm-hmm. responsibility to communities. We are teaching much more about that And we're attracting candidates who are excited about that opportunity, Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. about being a bond trader and making a boatload Mm -hmm. of money and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So Mm -hmm. that's an important one.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, The other is, of course, the use of technology, uh, both from a way education is delivered, more Mm -hmm. online content, etc., but also teaching students how to be comfortable to working with technology. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a technologist yourself, you just have to know how to use technology mm-hmm. and of course we've heard a lot about data and ai etc so that's the sure. third trend and coming out of that is the opportunity to think about business education not as a point of time mm-hmm. you i go i do my i pay my 2 years of dues and i get an mba but as a lifelong process that you mm-hmm. can go through mm-hmm. because the world is changing so fast what i learned back in fms mm-hmm. in 19 whatever 70 something is no longer that relevant today right from a fact point of view so i got to mm-hmm. keep the the point is not to teach you facts but teach you how to think about the world of business and the world mm-hmm. about leadership and mm-hmm. how do i do that as a longitudinal sort of journey around the world mm-hmm. and uh, The last, and this is a point which I actually disagree with, but it's a trend, is this trend towards specialization. Right. Uh, More and more, we are finding that people want to get, you know, you want to get a degree in data analytics. So you want a degree in a very specialized field that prepares Mm -hmm. you for a job. But I wonder whether long term that actually benefits, because Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the beauties of business education is it teaches you to think very broadly. Mm -hmm. You know, the MBA is fundamentally a generalist degree. correct? And I have a little bit of a problem about a specialized MBA. Mm -hmm. It's a contradiction in terms. Mm
0: -hmm. Well said, great response. Thank you. And uh, you know, what in your opinion are some of the challenges faced by international students pursuing graduate management education? Yeah, well, we do a
1: lot of work with cross-border Business education, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, mm-hmm. I mean, so and so that's a area of great interest. One of it is a lack of adequate information. Mm-hmm. I think people, and and that leads to the brand halo that I was talking mm-hmm. about. I want to mm-hmm. go to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and I want to go to Harvard. You know Correct. that kind of uh, mm-hmm. thinking without enough understanding of the opportunities that really exist, the Mm -hmm. wonderful schools that exist in Europe, in Asia now, uh, even in Africa, if you look at University of Cape Town, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, and students don't tend to think about those schools and they tend to be locked a little bit about this schools that were important in the past, they're still Mm -hmm. great schools, Mm -hmm. but as a result, they restrict their choices. So why should a student in India, for example, only be thinking about an MBA in uh, the U.S., but mm-hmm. not be thinking about a European MBA, maybe a one-year MBA, a specialized master's? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with SMU in Singapore or in the U.S. in Singapore, HKU, uh, even Tsinghua in China, et cetera? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a challenge, I think, because it creates a set of blinkers. Mm-hmm. There's obviously the issues related to cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are... Those are real. There are issues yeah. related to visas and uh, work permits, and mm. the ability to pay back loans, which are uh, 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 which are limiting factors. Mm. But uh, the barriers are coming down. Um, uh, the relative cost compared to earning levels is moderating.
0: Mm. Mm. And uh, what are some of the initiatives and programs that GMAC offers to help students navigate the admissions process and make informed decisions?
1: So, you know, GMAC. if you look at us 10 years ago, we were essentially a one-way, over. we were a gatekeeper, hmm. right? Our primary product at that point in time about 96% of our revenues was the GMAT exam. Hmm. And the GMAT exam was all about, you want to come to my business school, I'm going to put this, you know, Correct. jump through this particular hoop, if you hmm. will. Hmm. It's an important hoop, by the way, yep. but uh, it was seen as a gatekeeper correct the most important change we've made in the last decade is become actually much more a student-facing organization so we've uh, uh, we now as an organization on mba.com businessbecause.com, the business tours com- uh, 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 the MBA tour company mm-hmm. all of these are initiatives designed to reach out to students and try to establish this uh, mm. shadi.com kind yeah. of uh, match.com kind of mechanism mm-hmm. where we look at students and their interests and the capabilities of schools and try to give a school a student options. Mm. Because you know, it's it may be useful. It's kind of academically interesting to know that Stanford or Harvard or one of the great schools got ranked number one in the world. But mm. if that's beyond your capabilities or your means, it's not very relevant to you because you're okay. not going never going to go there. Sure. What's important is what's number one for you? What's mm. your personal business school ranking listing? Mm. And which are the ones that you should go to? And that's really what a lot of the work that GMAC has been doing mm. is becoming that matchmaking organization.
0: Amazing. What a powerful statement that, you know, what is number one for you and not what is number one in the world. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's a great response. The next question that I have, Sangeet, is what role has technology played in uh, Helping GMAC, um, you know, offer the right kind of choices to students across the world.
1: Well, hugely, Ashish. I mean, obviously, I guess with any in any industry, um, I would think about it in maybe a, a number of levels. The so one is, of course, in delivering our primary products, which is the evaluations. Mm. Um, you know in the good old days when i took the gmat uh, i was i went to a physical center and filled out little bubbles and forms little black and dots it, it, yeah it was that kind of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. uh now of course everything is delivered online delivered electronically but what that's enabled is a much richer experience because mm-hmm. we use computational power at the back of it to create adapted tests mm-hmm. so every no two students gets exactly the same exam, mm-hmm. it moves based on your capabilities, it's much a richer experience as a result of it, we get a lot more data. Mm-hmm. And then of course, as we move through the pandemic, the delivery of online tests, etc, there's been mm-hmm. a lot tied mm-hmm. up with it. Mm-hmm. The second level is outreach, you know, I was talking about these 2 million students around the world, how do you reach these students around mm-hmm. the world? Uh, you couldn't actually Correct. in the good old days, yeah. but with technology, there's so many rich interactions we can create, whether it's our websites, it's mm-hmm. our webinars, it's our um, interactive sessions, etc. So that's been uh, uh, very exciting, of course. Mm-hmm. And the data that we get as a result of it, mm-hmm. and the ability to create those personalized recommendations, mm-hmm. is would never have been possible without data. So, we couldn't become match.com or shadi.com without mm. the use of technology. Well said,
0: well said. I and remember. Yeah, go ahead, go education, ahead
1: please. Uh, education itself has changed dramatically as a result mm-hmm. of technology. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's not a program in the world that doesn't have a technology component True. which is True. delivered online. Uh, True. So, it's been
0: transformative. Absolutely. I remember in 1977 when I was writing the GMAT, it was all snail mail, and you'd yeah. keep waiting every day for the postman to come with the little envelope to see where when your next test was. But Sangeet moving on, uh, in an increasingly globalized world, how does GMAC work towards promoting diversity and inclusion in graduate management education?
1: Yeah, that's that's incredibly important. And actually, uh, last year it was my last year in office. One of the things we did, which I was proud of, is that we did the first ever global report on diversity in graduate management education, where right. we looked at mm-hmm. population groups and schools, and we really it was sort of eye opener about what was going on. Mm-hmm. So one part is data, mm-hmm. is educating people, obviously as a but diversity becomes a, starts at home. So to be truly di- to promote diversity, we've got to be diverse as an organization. And I think I was very proud that we had, uh, you know, I'm, we're an organization based in the U.S. I mean, you know, I'm originally from India. My head of products was an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. My chief marketing officer was a Spanish-American. My head of student, uh, Spanish-American woman, uh, or rather Spanish woman, I shouldn't say Spanish-American, um, are... Head of Student Recruitment was a Chinese American woman. So you know we had a really mm-hmm. we started with being diverse yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But in promoting diversity outbound, you've got to have a couple of principles. Mm. One is you've got to make certain that you're fair mm-hmm. in the the way because we are an evaluation company, so we right. got to evaluate things which are in a fair and transparent sort mm. of manner. So that's incredibly important for us to end mm. up doing. Mm. And the reality is, as you know, Ashtosh, talent is evenly distributed across the world, Mm. but opportunity is not. Correct. And so, what we have to make certain is that we expose as much opportunity as possible for people all around the world, of Mm. different racial groups, of different classes, of different socioeconomic backgrounds, Mm. so that more and more opportunity is evenly distributed. And we are a long way from that. I, mm. I think the whole world is a long way from that, but mm-hmm. that's a driving factor that's been... Uh, so our if you come into our office, offices is etched in glass, right? And as you walk in, mm-hmm. it says our vision statement where we talk about connecting talent with Aspira uh, 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 connecting talent and aspirations with opportunity. Wow. That's what we've been trying to do mm. is collect talented individuals mm. and the talented individuals everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, not maybe not everybody's got the same aspirations, but a lot of them do. Mm. And then you connect them with opportunity. That's really essentially what we do. We're not a testing organization. Yeah, we are a connecting
0: organization. well said. And therefore, my logical next question is that you've spoken about how you support a lot of students. How does Gmax support uh, management schools in not only getting but retaining top talent from diverse backgrounds?
1: Well, uh, one is in building the student pipeline. Mm-hmm. So if we so we build the pipeline, which schools sort of you know, we create the pond where mm-hmm. the schools are fishing mm-hmm. if you will and if our pipeline is not diverse then management education will not be diverse so, mm-hmm. so one of the things we have to make certain is that we build into our pipeline our mm-hmm. pool students from across the world men and women uh, people from different socioeconomic classes mm-hmm. different races etc mm-hmm. and uh, that's it that's an important piece of of what we do. Mm. Uh, and perhaps the most important thing about what we do, we don't control business schools admission decisions. Mm. But we do provide them with the pool Correct. of people for them in from which they make a business school Correct. decision. Correct. Now if they want to go in the one direction or the other direction, you know, so Absolutely. be it. Absolutely. Uh, but that's the biggest thing that we do. The We're second safe. is education. Mm. Mm. on both sides to students about the opportunities available to them, and to schools about the benefits of having a diverse uh, Mm. uh,
0: classroom. Mm. You know, uh, when I was reading and preparing for my conversation with you, I was wondering, GMAC is such a unique organization, you're supporting students, you're supporting schools, and I'm sure you're also keeping track of what the employers are looking for. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how does GMAC stay up to date? With the needs and expectations of employers,
1: well, that's it's a moving target, as you can, mm-hmm. as as you can always imagine, yeah. um, and and it's a very important question. It's an incredibly important question because in providing that opportunity to student, mm. the business school is a means to an end, right? It's not an end by itself. Correct. The end is a career. Absolutely. So uh, we can't attract students unless we can point that where where is this going for you, mm. and so we. We have a couple of programs that end up uh, uh, giving us some insight about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one is, of course, we have, a glo- we have a global organization. We operate across the world. We have teams on the ground in mm-hmm. all regions of the world. Mm-hmm. And they tend to, that's an informal process of feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps more formal process of feedback is one is our conference programs where we do a variety of conferences around the world, which mm-hmm. attracts lawyers. Mm-hmm. And we learn from that. We also have a panel, actually, of over a 1000 recruiters from around the world, mm. who we talk to on a regular basis, and we publish every year, a mm. global business school employment report, mm. uh, which are, again, informs business schools about what recruiters are looking for. Mm. So hopefully, they can adapt their programs.
0: Correct. Uh, accordingly. Correct. Well said. So time for one more question, uh, Sangeet. And this is for the thousands and thousands of people who will listen to our conversation around the world, what would you say are three lessons you would give to prospective students considering pursuing a management education?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, that's 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 a big and loaded question. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, I I think the first I would do is focus on the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as part of this job over the last 10 years, maybe, you know, I've sort of personally coached maybe a couple of hundred students who are considering uh, uh, a business school and, um, you know, children of friends and stuff like that. And uh, one thing that strikes me is how much the focus is on the entry point and not the exit point you know people say i want to go i want to do an mba and i want to do an mba here and i say my first question is why mm-hmm. what do you hope to get out of it mm-hmm. and they answering that question you know where do you want to work what mm-hmm. location what geography uh, what industry, where do you see yourselves 10 years after the MBA, not mm-hmm. your first job in the mm-hmm. MBA? Mm-hmm. If you can identify that, mm-hmm. you actually end up widening the, op- the opportunity. You know, this right. brand straight jacket that I talk about actually goes away in, in many cases mm-hmm. because you find that there are different choices that you will end up
0: mm-hmm. making. Well said. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, so that I think is an incredibly important uh, uh, area to focus mm-hmm. on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other thing is, your business school is going to be there for the next forty to fifty years for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the starting point of an incredible journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You got to be careful to get the balance between specialization and generalization right. Mm-hmm. And I again worry a little bit that we are getting because we are focused on the job and a more Mm. specialized degree is more likely to lead to a job immediately. Mm. We tend to think in narrow sort of terms, Mm. you know. But what's the value of becoming a ninja in data analytics and Python and R when its cousin AI is probably going to be doing the data analytics for Mm. you out into the future? And the job of the future is not about coding in Python. It's about being able to ask, AI, the right questions, Correct. which is a different set of skills. Mm. It requires more philosophy than computer science. Absolutely. Uh, so you got to be a little bit of a generalist and a little bit flexible in your feet because your business degree is the start of a 40-year journey is mm. not only about getting the job two years down the road.
0: Mm. Great advice, great advice. And Sangeet, on that note, and your amazing pieces of advice, which is focused on the outcome, I think this is so important uh, for young people to think about. And the second one you said was get a balance between specialization and generalization, because think of what you could be doing in a 40 year journey rather than the here and now on what is the immediate gratification that you could get because of your degree. Thank you so much, Sangeet first of all, for getting back in touch with you after a long period of time. Thank you for talking to me about your journey. Thank you for talking about the Graduate Management Admission Council and the amazing work it is doing in supporting not just students and schools, but also getting a lot of feedback from employers. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you, Ashtash. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast